1: Good morning and welcome to the Football Digest Euros podcast and thanks so much for joining us as we have one final tilt uh, ahead of the Euros final and what an occasion it will be on Sunday. Um, I'm sure absolutely cannot wait for that. So I'm delighted to be able to say that Jeremy Cross, Chief Sports Writer of the Daily Star, is joining Tom, Tom Hopkinson as well, uh, a special guest um uh, our our big man, the big cheese from the Sunday People and, uh, and others. So uh, thanks so much for joining, guys. Really, uh, really delighted to, to have you with us. I mean, we must start really, I guess, looking back a little bit, England, and Denmark, um, before we look at the Italy uh, preview for England and, and whether England can win it and whether it's actually coming home. Um, and it'll be fascinating. I mean, we were all there the other night, guys, weren't we? And it, you know, what an occasion, Denmark. I mean. I, I, you, it, almost, It became the match was almost secondary amongst the, the atmosphere, wasn't it? I, I thought it was just an incredible occasion, really, and such an honour to be at sort of 60,000 plus. And uh, I mean, the atmosphere just sweeps you along, doesn't it, really? I mean, Jeremy, what did you make of it? Did, did it feel like as if football's, football's returning and normal life is returning? Was that the best bit about it?
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, we were all there, obviously, the other night, and it was an amazing. It felt like a privilege to be there, actually, because you know we've all been lucky in our careers to sort of travel the world and go to some amazing events, and it was was obviously sort of felt like a seismic moment because we obviously won for a change and you know it's dumped them out of the competition. But that was that was a wonderful atmosphere. But I think it just went up a notch on. Uh, on Wednesday night, and um i felt found myself while well, i was I was working obviously and writing words down and trying to paint a picture really, but um I felt k- kept catching myself looking, just looking around the stadium at all the sort of happy faces, and you know it got a bit tense obviously in the second half um as it was hanging hanging in the balance, but and just the noise it was like a wall of noise, and obviously at the end when we when we'd got over the line, um the players obviously did a lap of honor. Was singing your favourite song, Crossy, to, to joining into Sweet Caroline with the with the with the um supporter. So yeah, look, it was it was one of those magical moments that you should treasure really. And um whoever was privileged enough to be
0: there and had a ticket, they, they will they will they will it will live on in their memories for forever. Do you, do you know what? Yeah. I'm I'm usually quite grumpy about uh, being in football stadiums, and you know, even if you're at a gig and you see people recording it on their mobile phones, and I'm always thinking, Look, just enjoy it, enjoy the moment. You don't have to record it, and you know, just take it all in and, and and enjoy it in your head rather than on your phone and looking back at it. And and yet, I have to say, I found myself recording recording the atmosphere recording things that were going on pre-match and as, as you say Crossy you know just just that walk from the car park uh to to the stadium you know it's, it's what 500 yards not too far but the atmosphere just it just felt like something else and 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 something that I, I would imagine not too many people have experienced even before everything that we've been through over the last 18 months the last couple of years you know I mean it was it was just a terrific atmosphere and I, I thought Crossy when you said 60,000 plus absolutely right There's absolutely no way that, that there, there weren't several thousand more people outside Wembley Stadium enjoying it. And, and you know, I've had texts from mates who are, who just can't wait to come down on uh, on Sunday to Wembley and, and just be around London and, and soak up the atmosphere. And I, I, I just think that's you know, if we thought Wednesday was, was, was a wonderful occasion, then certainly pre-match, uh, I think the, the atmosphere on, on, on Sunday will, will just be another level again. It's
2: funny, Tom. You mentioned that recording it because I I saw loads of people with the phones out, just get capturing the moment. And I thought, I'm like you. I don't tend to do that sort of thing. But when I left the stadium after we'd finished um, our work, I sort of had a bit of a pang of regret, really, because I, I thought you should you should have got some sort of footage of that. Because mm. you know, we're all we're, we're, we're able to do it again on Sunday. But um, my daughter, my kids, I've got two kids who who sort of quite into the sport and stuff. And I'm thinking I, think, you know, I should have probably. Should have probably got got a recording of it to, to keep and pass on to them because obviously- I'll send you mine, Crossy. No, no yeah, problem. We're 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 so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and uh, I'm gonna try and record something on Sunday.
1: Well, the thing is, you could have kept kept one of my post match videos for prosperity. <laughs> you, see? you know, just just basically send that to your kids. You know, so there
0: are so f- there's so few of them. They're collector's items. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean it's just that was the thing, and I've <laughs> never known. The the new Wembley, I've ne- actually I've do you know what I don't think I've ever known a, a, a an English football stadium quite so loud. I mean we've all been to amazing sport atmospheres and sort of kind of I mean you know like games in, in in Istanbul always strike a chord with me. I mean sort of Galatasaray or whatever you know just I don't I think that's unrivalled but. <laughs> I don't know whether you guys feel the same, but maybe it's that because a lot of fans, a lot of those you know people in that 60,000, are obviously you know, massive football fans first and foremost, and they've been denied the chance to go to football for more than a year. And so they're their enthusiasm is overwhelming. And then not only are they enjoying one of the best bits of English football history ever, it's they're also in, you know turning the volume control. Up tenfold simply because it's a release, isn't it? They're finally enjoying their football again, and that's that. That to me is is very special, you know. They've so.
0: been denied the chance to do everything, haven't they? You know, you've been denied the chance to to go out and, and and sing your heart out at a game of football. You've been denied the chance to go and give your family members a hug, you know. So it, it, you're absolutely right when you use the word release. It, it, it was it, it just is, and and again, you know, just thinking ahead to what what may be uh, on on Sunday, um, I, you know. I, look. let's not pretend we've all been through it and 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 it'll be the same in Italy you know I mean Italy uh, if you think back to the start of the pandemic you know what what we were seeing uh and and reading in the media was was just heartbreaking and and it'll be exactly the same for them um so you know I just I just hope I just hope it is that the the, the final itself lives up to the expectation because the build-up and everything around it will um and, and hopefully we get a great game as well. Yeah, actually. Tom, feels that's like such perfect. a great point, Go I would
1: on. say, because you know, in northern Italy was such a focal point of the of the pandemic at first, wasn't it? It yeah. was I think it was the it was the focal point of the of the tragedy to come for, for the rest of Europe. And it gave mm. us an insight of what was to come. So I do think it's it's two nations that have been so deeply affected by it and I don't know, let's hope it's a, you know, it can't be a joyous occasion for both, but let's hope it's an occasion to kind of change the mood. You
2: joined me at Wembley for the first semi-final, and that was also a a really, really good atmosphere. And the Italian Mm. fans, um, I presume most of which are London-based, they they contribute so much to the occasion on Tuesday night as well. They're, They're a great, they have a great following in Italy. They're very passionate about the team. They've obviously been a successful team down the years, and then much lately. But you look at the history of football; they've, they've been one of the powerhouses of world football, Italy. So, you know it, that, that combined with the England support as well, it should be, it should make for an unreal occasion on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's look at the game on on the pitch, and I must say it was it was a test for England, a test that they've not been through before because they actually went behind. And it's, you know, it was refreshing to see, wasn't it, Tom, um, that basically, you know, you, you, the way they didn't let the head drop, uh, you know, they created another chance just eight minutes later, which you thought, felt sure that Sterling was going to set the score. And then basically, you know, equalised to an own goal, which I, I would argue that Sterling sort of forced, basically, in um, you know, a minute later. It was a great response, Tom, wasn't it? I thought Denmark were playing well at that point, but England came back so well
0: they they were uh, england had been a little bit ragged uh for for the first half an hour or so i thought and the um, the looked uh, you just used the word test Crossy you know I, you're absolutely right it was the first real test of the tournament and uh, you know i i think there were there were one or two jittery moments from players that that we've not seen uh in the last couple of weeks didn't quite look so uh, so calm and assured and and, and it was almost like you know, look, we we, we all know the build-up to the Germany game and, and the history, and particularly those of our, our vintage know that there's uh, more history to to that than than perhaps some of the young lads in the team. But this this did look like that the first time that, that there were one or two questions in their own minds about it. But uh, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the 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 free kick that Denmark scored. I mean, it was an, it was it was a very very good free kick. Uh, I'm sure we'll come on uh, to, to whether or not it could have been saved a little bit later. But um, the response was absolutely. What what Gareth Southgate and what the rest of us would have wanted, I, I thought Raheem Sterling was was great from the off. He really tried to set the tempo. Uh, that there was a, a header won by Harry Maguire right at the start, and then a Sterling burst forward uh, soon after. And you just thought that those were the two players who sort of had the bit between the teeth to to, to say to the rest of the team, "Come on, I'm I'm going, and you lot are coming with me." And um, it, so it was no surprise to me that that Sterling was then the one who uh, who who who. You're absolutely right when you say Crossy that he forced the equaliser. I mean. Look, Simon Kerr, he went for it, he had to go for it, he had no choice. And if he hadn't made contact, then Sterling would have put it in the back of the net. And, you know, uh, perhaps feel he perhaps fairly should have scored a couple of minutes earlier. Uh, it was good good save by Caspar Schmeichel, of course, one of one of five or six very good saves by Schmeichel. But um, I, I think I think that response, you know, look it's the old the old cliche of sport, isn't it? You know, you find out more about a team in the bad moments than, than you do in the good moments. And, and and I thought they responded to to what was their first uh, not necessarily positive moment of the tournament and, and responded very well
1: mm, Yeah, J- Jeremy what did you make of Pickford's performance because I don't know goal, I see I mean goalkeepers are very snobby about this but, you know see former goalkeepers you know particularly it's almost like you know you've never played the game sort of attitude so you can't have an opinion um, and then some, basically, a few people really embarrassing themselves like, on Twitter, really about sort of kind of and very snooty, snobby and hoity-toity about former managers and ca- coaches and players, you know, um, you know, having a differing view. It was down the middle, wasn't it? And look, I know it's a brilliantly struck for a kick, and he's he's really got the laces through it, basically, isn't he? He's got it up and over, and it's clearly moved in the air, but it's down
2: the middle. Should he have saved it? Of course he should, yeah. When I, when you saw it live actually, you thought, Crikey, that's a worldie that in the top corner. Fair play, you know. You can't do anything about that. But when you look the replays came on, um, it was plainly obvious that, that it was a mistake by Pickford. Um, you know, it went literally went through his fingers. It was I wouldn't say it was down the middle, but it was between it was in the middle of the middle, if you know what I mean? Does that make sense? <laughs> Down the you know, between the middle and the post, it was nearer him than it was the corner. Put it that way. So, yeah, cool. But it was. It all felt like things were caved in for Pickford actually because he looked nervous um, mm. from the start. He couldn't pick anyone out with a pass, a long ball. Um, I think his pass completion rate was at zero percent after about half an hour. You started to look look around, thinking, "Is he gonna? He's having one of those nights where, you know, I mean, it's actually down the years since he came into the team, which was pretty much before the World Cup in 2018. He's never let England down, actually, Pickford. I know he's had some horrific sort of sort of blunders for Everton um, over the last few seasons, which have obviously been well documented, but." He's always played really well for England. He's he's, he's grown into the sort of role, and um, he's got more experience. He's been commanding. He's been, he was commanding in the tournament up until uh, Wednesday, and then obviously that he let that one in, and um, he just looked unsure of himself, uh, a bit jittery, and it was like the club club player really we saw in him. Yeah. And um, but actually, um, as England clawed their way back into the game. In the second half, he did produce a couple of good saves. Actually. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that's
0: the, that's the mental strength we talk about, isn't it? You know, and the responding, yeah. the responding to those errors, and and and, and he, he did. You know, he sort of he, there was a punch, wasn't there? A, a few moments after, yeah. after, and and you thought, okay, well, he's, you know, maybe that was just after the mistake and uh, the, the the earlier when he threw it out and uh, almost caused him a problem. But you, that that point you make, Crossy, about him, uh, uh, you know, is almost reminiscent of club form We we haven't, I think, there was a stat flying around last week, wasn't there, where he'd. Uh, he'd In in 35 or 36 games, he hadn't made one error for England that had had led to a goal. And and, and I think, you know, I hope he doesn't look at it all as, oh, you know, I've made one mistake and I'm being criticised because I I, I think a lot of the criticism over the free kick is based on the standards he set in goal for England, and and I think that's a testament to what he's done at international level. Uh, and, but you're right; I, I, I did you did just start to see some of the the times when maybe he gets involved with talking to the crowd, or you know those little those little errors that come into his game at Everton. You, you did uh, and and did obviously so at Sunderland before. That was just that first sign of that. So, you know, hopefully in the the the, the next. Uh, the next couple of days he he sort of the the coaches are on him and just making sure he's calm and focused and uh, approaching the game exactly as he did all the rest of them uh, leading up to the semi-final
1: Yeah, because I must say I thought the goal affected him basically his distribution his kicking it unnerved him he had his his, he he, he had his real first big wobble you know he looked a bit erratic if if England were you know if you felt England might be nervous in the Final on Sunday. That that was a taste of, or oh, you know. So yeah, I think guys, I think you're absolutely spot on. You know, someone maybe needs to get a hold of him and just say, look, calm it down. You've been so great, you know, in this tournament, and to, you know, keep it in context. And speaking of being great in this tournament, it's Graham Sterling. I mean, it, his display is 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 selflessness. I mean, his work rate, his energy. I mean, we're England are under the cosh in extra time. Who, who's the guy basically bombing forward, carrying the ball away? You know, from never mind, sort of, kind of, you know, playing his part in both goals. Um, it, it is Raheem Sterling, it was absolutely phenomenal. I know there was other contenders for the game, I think, Tom, you, you went for Harry Maguire, didn't I you? Maguire, I, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And and I, and it's, actually, so,
1: it's, it's a difficult call, isn't it? Personally, I would have gone for Sterling, but there's so yeah. many good performances, and Sterling, I think, I guess, has just been you know maybe I'm getting swept away with it because he's been so good in other games as well mm. you know yeah
0: I, I mean it I felt uh, you, know, you know what it's like when you, you're doing the match ratings and you know at yep. 90 minutes um, at 90 minutes I felt that the ratings were were quite different um, to, to what they were at 120 and and I, I felt that Phillips and Rice uh, hadn't had particularly good first halves um, I thought they again you know we're talking about by the standards they've set in this tournament um, and, and yet at 120 minutes, you know, they they had both uh, performed admirably, um, and, and I just felt it, it was a bit of a toss-up between Maguire and, and Sterling for me. And, and I, I just felt that Maguire had been absolutely solid for 120 yeah, minutes, so. and, and that was that was why I went for him. And and, and you know, I, I, I accept, look, Sterling had a very good game and he drove it, and I know I'd given him a seven out of ten. And I, and and in hindsight, yesterday, I thought he, he should have been nudged up to an eight, definitely. Um, but seven. That said, <laughs> <Seven>. <laughs> Have, you ever, well, have you. you ever watched football before? No, 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 no. What, <laughs> what do a you know lot, about it? A, a, lot, a lot of people would say not, <laughs> but but, but I, I just felt I just felt that it, I mean that the the ratings were were filed at 105 minutes um, for, yeah. for production reasons, and I, I I just felt that it hadn't been a particularly great game and, until that point, and yeah. and it's you know I I'm you, you know i know there were some people around saying oh such and such has been a nine or a 10 out you know and i was just thinking well no they, they haven't they've, no, they've no, all really they've all done you. their jobs they've done their jobs yeah. that they're supposed to be doing but you know and and yes you have to take into account it's a european championship semi-final of course but um yeah look I, that that was that was probably wrong It should have been an eight but I, I stand by the fact that i i if, if i if i'd if we were doing it again tonight, and I was watching the game again. I, I'm pretty certain I'd go with Harry Maguire again. And I, I don't, I, I agree with probably 90 percent of what Gary Lineker says. But I, I just, I, I didn't feel that Sterling's performance was one of the all-time great England performances. I thought it was a very good performance in, in, in a significant game, of course. But um, I, I just thought, and I, I think the same with Sancho as well. In the previous game, I heard a lot of people saying he was sensational. I just, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just didn't see it. I think you know, no, did it's amazing know, that
1: you. No That is so but look, We all we'll, we'll
0: we'll see a different game Don't we that's, Of that's course a we topic. do Of we'll course we do game.
1: No totally Absolutely totally Listen I wouldn't I wouldn't dare disagree with you On Maguire It's just, you would, opinion, just isn't opinion And I just ago. think he played I think well, No I think he played Ever so well We couldn't possibly argue With Maguire getting Man of the match Yeah that's not my point. I personally would have gone Sterling. But I equally, I agree with you. I think it was a bit hyperbole from, from Minica. Because actually, I think Sterling has, you know, it's had some really good games. But he's won games, you know, sort of yeah. kind of, he's been He's been match winner when he scored. And, yeah, I know he won the penalty and sort of kind of forced the own goal, if you like. And he was really, really decisive. And he was in the moment. I didn't, you know... I. I Gareth Southgate said it afterwards, didn't he? I think he might have sort of maybe more sort of uh, expansive on his view of the game. Sort of when he spoke to sort of the papers later, you know, later yeah. that night. But you know, he he admitted it wasn't the perfect performance, and I think that was reflected in the individual performances. Really, I don't think it. I don't think it was, and I think maybe. You know, listen. Some people went for Harry Kane, didn't they? As man of the match, and and I guess that I, he worked socks.
0: Kane came. Oh, back. I, didn't, again, he, didn't The first he. half, I didn't. I didn't think uh, Kane was at it really, but but the second half and an extra time, he just uh, you know the old led by example just you just worked so so hard on and off the ball. Like he, he was superb as well. So I mean, look, you, you don't you don't get to a, a, a final of a major tournament without a lot of very good performances on the field, dear. No,
2: no, Stones no. has been really good too
0: Yeah absolutely Yeah, I mean that's yeah. sort
2: of flown under the radar a bit I know maguire yeah. sort of got all the plaudits but Stones that's, I can't recall Stones making a mistake he's, he's
0: been the most consistent
2: player of the tournament yeah. for England for me He's like he's probably at the peak of his powers now Stones yeah. In fact those two yeah. are actually I know we'll probably come on to Italy and talk about Benucci and Chiellini but those two you know they're like the younger versions of, um, of the two old guys they're going to come up against on Sunday I think Sterling. Just going back to Sterling. I think he's been England's mm-hmm. best player, most consistent player yeah. of the tournament. He's not had a bad game yet, and he's made things happen. And what what struck me about it on Wednesday was, from the kickoff, he got the ball pretty much instantaneously and set off on like this rapid run as if he was going to basically go through the whole team. And it showed that he had real positive intent from the start and. Um, he was he was still going strong at the end of uh, one hundred and twenty minutes, and the fitness levels of England actually won them the game because yeah, yeah. Denmark Denmark after about an hour looked dead on the feet, and then, well, as soon as he went to extra time, he just knew England had wore them down and they were just they just battered them, and the the, the their, their fitness levels were on a on a different scale to, to
0: the Danes. Just to yeah, play devil's advocate with that, Crossy. I mean, I know you know. I, I think Stones has probably been Mr. Consistent for England, and um, I, I see the argument with with Raheem. I think it's probably a, a coin toss between the two. But you know, you, you look at the the small moments, those fine margins that we always talk about in football. You know, if the Muller opportunity had gone in, then would we be looking at Sterling investigating him? And you know, and 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 that you know, yes, he's done some some great things, but that one mistake could have proved. So costly, and 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 Muller, as we all know, ninety-nine times out of hundred would have buried that chance, and then who knows what would have happened. But um, so that 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 why I, I just I just look at Stones' performances, and I know he's not done at one end. You know, obviously Sterling's done a lot defensively, and and going forward, which which Stones has just been all at the back but i just think you know you 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 just marked stone so highly for everything he's done but again that that's you know that's just a small uh, if if that's my biggest gripe of the tournament then we're doing absolutely brilliantly aren't we and and you know it, it's there are going to be so many people who would would say that sterling has been their man of the tournament for england
1: Going back to Kane, guys, uh, uh, Jeremy, I mean, <laughs> it's amazing to think, that you know, that, that we were so critical and so, you know, so doubting, frankly. And uh, when I say we, you know, I do mean sort of kind of people in general and public, really, because there's no doubt about it. We did think, what's going on here? You know, is he fully fit? Because I think, again, that's a tribute to how good Kane is as a player. I mean, I love Harry Kane. I think he's terrific. And when when he drops below his... His level. It's so noticeable because he adds so much to the game, doesn't he, really? But he could now win the golden boot after this, this run. Well, I mean, the form he's in, he will be going into the final thinking, I'm going to win the golden boot.
2: Will he win the golden boot? You wouldn't be surprised, would you? I mean, look, he takes penalties. As soon as we got a penalty, just thought, this is a goal. There's no way. Mm. I, I can't recall him missing one for Tottenham. Or England, I'm sure he has done. I, I, I'd have to, I might stand corrected on that. Back, I've never seen him miss a penalty. You just know yeah. he's going to score. Um, and uh, yeah, look, he, he is. It, it's bizarre, really, because after the first two games, he was clearly not not playing as well as we know he can. He still, he always contributes a lot to the team. But ultimately, a forward's judged on how many goals they score, aren't they? You know, that's just part of football. And. Um, you know, he was struggling to, to hit the back of the net in the first two two games. So um, but yeah, it's laughable now when you think about it. People were thinking maybe he should be left out, giving a break. He's not fit. I mean, I think with Kane, he's not got that blistering pace, has he, that you know, we've seen down the years like Mike had or Rooney when he first burst onto the scene. He's never gonna be the most quickest of number nines, but he makes up for that with his in other ways. He's such an intelligent player you know, brings other players into the, into the game. He's passing, probably probably the best passer of a ball in the team. And he's just a great, got a great work ethic, think Tom referred to it earlier, where he worked so hard on Wednesday night, he never stopped. So I think he answers mm. the doubts about his fitness. But look, we're lucky to have him, that's for sure. You know, he's a great bloke. He's a, he's a great player. He's a world-class striker. And, <laughs> um, you know, I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if
0: he's still playing for Tottenham next season. We, I think we're yeah. going to learn so much. I well, I, well. I, I, you, bet you probably better go back to that before I jump in, Crossy. I, I mean, I, I think we're going to learn so much about where Harry Kane is at this moment. Look, we we know he's one of the best strikers in Europe, but against Benucci and Chiellini uh, I mean tests don't come any more acid than that yeah. and you know I, I heard him uh, saying after the game on Wednesday that you know that's what he was asked about the golden boot in the press conference and he said you know if I if I get one or two more goals on Sunday and I, I, you know look if he gets one or two more goals against a defence like that particularly if he scores a couple of goals then uh, you know all, all, all bets are off in terms of whether he's the hottest striker in Europe I know Robert Lewandowski fans might have a little bit to say about that and you uh, Well, they will
1: because he basically, Robert Lewandowski, I still think is basically uh, on on a different level. And I mean, I don't mean that disrespectfully for Kane. I just find it amazing that people, it's good, Tom, that you've even put him in the conversation because most people don't. I mean, this is a well, guy no, who well, an, an own absolute shitload, no, you know, mm. each and every season for, for Bayern Munich. And it for it seems Munich so we live in an insular world but, sometimes. But, it, but
0: he, he does it for you know. Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga, whereas, you know, Harry Kane is doing it, you know, he's playing for the best side in, in a league that is nowhere near as strong as the Premier League and Harry Kane is doing it well, in, in the Premier League. league. Champions League. Uh, yeah, Champions of, course, league. of course, of course, of yeah. course. But but bread and butter of the league, Kane is doing it week in, week out in in a side that, isn't always guaranteed Champions League football. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's an absolute testament. To, look, They're two different players, you know, let's, yeah. let's not confuse that. Lewandowski is an out-and-out striker. Kane, you know, we, we all know he sort of plays that nine-and-a-half role, doesn't he? Um he likes mm-hmm. to drop off at Tottenham because that's the way their system works. But I, I just think as, as an out-and-out goalscorer, which is what he's in this England side to be, uh, and particularly on Sunday, against those two defenders specifically, we're we're, we're, we're going to see you know, it, it will it will be a case of the cream rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: I don't, I don't mean that disrespectfully to Kane because I, I personally think this is why Kane really wants to move. In that basically, he is, you know, just sensational for Tottenham. And what he does for Tottenham is, is just incredible. But I do think if he were to go to A-Man City, for example, he would score even more goals, he would win the trophies, and then that would put him on that level. And so I totally understand why he wants to move. And I don't think even the most, you know, diehard Spurs fan would begrudge him that because he's such a great striker. And you know, when he talked a couple of years ago, some people laughed about him saying, "I want to sort of kind of be on the same level as Ronaldo and Messi." Well, well, actually, his stats are just off the scale, and he's just—you know—I he, I think it's fabulous that he's using this tournament to show that, really, because he's just—you know—but I just don't think that, you know, there's always two sides, isn't there? And I just don't think Spurs will sell him. I don't think
2: the problem now for those clubs wanting to sign him, i.e., Man City and. Well, I'm sure there's a dozen clubs wanting to sign him. His value has just gone up a bit. Better, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm no surprised doubt.
0: the bids weren't coming in after the first couple of games. That was that was that was the time to <laughs> that was the time to bid for him. I mean, there
2: was a story during the rounds that City had bid 100 million for him. Um, what woman was it? It was in the group stages, wasn't it? That they yeah. start put the wheels in motion. They're going to try and get him for 100 million. They're not even close. They're not even close. I mean, I, the thing is, it's going to be awkward, isn't it? Because Kane clearly wants to go, and I don't blame him. I mean, look, with respect to Tottenham, remember what Alan Shear, when Alan Shearer turned down Man United to go to Newcastle and spent pretty much the bulk of his career at Newcastle and didn't win a single thing. What a shame for such a great player to mm-hmm. you know, finish your career with nothing to show for it, really. And, you know, Kane goes to City or whoever, he's going to win countless trophies, and he, he needs to think of himself and be selfish. He's approaching the 30s, 30s now. What is he, 28? He's mm. coming to its peak now, so he it needs, it needs to be, you know, playing in Champions League finals and, you know, winning Premier League winning titles. Levels. Yeah, so, mm. yeah. Uh, but yeah, we know what a hard negotiator Daniel Levy is, so, you know, if that yeah. comes, if that comes to a point where even someone like Man City won't, won't go to 150, 160 million, he could, he could end up staying at Tottenham, which is not going to be good for anyone really, is it? Apart from Nuno, yeah. obviously, but, Kane will be unhappy. You know, they'll they'll have a player there who really wants to, whose mind will be elsewhere. So I'm sure, I'm sure he put a shift in for Tottenham. But I think it'd be good for everyone concerned if Tottenham got a good price for him and um, he went off, he went off somewhere else. Yeah. So here's the thing, guys, right? Benucci and Chiellini, okay?
1: Now there's this fantastic video, isn't there, of Chiellini after, after Juventus, you know, knocked out Spurs, um, what was it, after, at Wembley, was after a Champions League tie when basically he's laughing and, you know, this always does the rounds whenever basically he plays an English team or whatever, saying this is the Tottenham and he's laughing as he says it basically. It's it's the it's the collapse, it's the, you know, the unlucky Spurs again, basically. It's Spursy. And I, ju- I just think, I, I think Harry Kane might have a little look at that and say, go on then, you know. Uh, that, that's gonna. That's gonna. I'm gonna show you basically. Uh, it'll be really interesting. Benucci and Chiellini, who are just think combined age of seventy. <laughs> Chiellini, you know, sometimes it feels like it doesn't move very much listen, because he's so it. good that we he doesn't actually need ways. to move very we, much. Amazing, say, he... What
0: an amazing duo. We we can't have it both ways and say that Harry Kane's not got the pace, but it's all you know he's got the the first whatever mm. ten yards in his head. I mean those those two you know look they they are there there is there is no no better reader of a game. Uh, I'm not saying that you know they I'm not saying they're the best defenders that we've. Ever, ever seen, but but there are no better readers of games in football at the moment for me, or defensive readers of games, and and I just think that positioning um, throughout this tournament, yet again, has has been has been excellent. Look, um, we know we know that Italy weren't the best side against Spain uh, in, in in this first semi final; that was obvious. Um, but when you've got two old war horses like that. At the heart of your defence, I mean, it just it just counts for so much. The experience they've got and the know-how, and 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 you know the the Italian way of looking at at how to defend it. it it's it's going to be. It's if if we think Denmark was a, a, another level up test-wise, this is another two or three levels up test-wise for England. Mm, no, it really is.
1: I mean, you know, Jimmy, how do how do you? How do you see it? Is it do England? What do they need to do to kind of break down this Italian back line? I mean, it's just it, it, Italy's defense is their foundation, isn't it? It is their rock upon what the team is built.
2: Yeah, Tom's nailed it. Really, I mean, those two guys at centre back—they—they they play the game in the heads. You know, they—they they have that that ability to read a game so well and be in the right position, which which compensates for their sort of ageing limbs, I suppose. And that's, you can't teach that. You just gain that from playing these two, centre backs back you'll ever play against. And we have a lot of pace in our team. So I'm sure Southgate's looking at that thinking, is that the way to exploit them? You know, getting behind them. Um, you know, they will take some breaking down. If you go on down to Italy, you've got a major problem. Um, it's not, not a position you want to be in. So... You know, we need to we need to try and get that opening goal if possible and using speed may be the answer. So, you know, obviously Sterling will play. Um, I don't see there's going to be many changes. I mean, the one position that he's probably thinking about is Saka, who I thought, you know, he's been great and he's going to be a wonderful, wonderful player. But I thought he looked nervous on Wednesday. He didn't play well. He came off eventually and Grealish came on. But, um, you know, is Grealish an option with his vision and passing? I don't know. I mean, Southgate will be working on
0: a plan as we speak, but, you know, it, it's going to take something special to get get through those guys. I think, yeah. was it Gary Neville who mentioned after the game on Wednesday that Marcus Rashford might even be an option, you know, whether you move yeah. Sterling to the right, um, you know, Sterling, look, he, 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 the, the time he spent on the right uh, in the semi-final and previous games, he's, he's looked as lively there as he has on the left, so that that's another option. And, and of course, Rashford, Rashford has got that that big game experience. That uh, that that you know, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried about Grealish uh, because of his confidence and and the way, he, uh, you know, the way he just wants to take the ball in in any situation. That that wouldn't bother me. But if you're looking at a Saka who has done very very well, don't get me wrong, uh, in the games he's played. Um, you know, whether for this this final game, Southgate decides that Rashford's experience and and, and pace. Uh, But I I completely agree, Jeremy, you know, out wide and pace is the way that this game's going to be won for England. It's funny, actually, because if
2: you think about it, before the tournament started, we were discussing about the big talking point was, you know, how do you you use all those wonderful attacking talents we've got? I mean, you probably might never see this come round again. I mean, so many players, so good, at the same time, you know, in the same squad, and actually now you've got to the final. We're playing against probably the best defensive side in the world, and we've got that, you know, armory to use. He's just got to work out how to do it.
1: Mm, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, I, I you yeah, know, yeah, totally agree. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? I don't see. Who would too
2: many you go across for... Sorry? who would you go with on Sunday night up front?
1: I think they'd probably go unchanged if I'm honest. But I mean, I just think the the, the thing is with Rashford, Rashford, not, if Ra- a fully fit Rashford for me he is a major contender to start. And the, the issue is he's not fully fit, is he?
2: Yeah,
1: well, now, he's really. Yeah, he's clearly a you know a big character, big influence on the group. They love having him around. I think that's part of the whole thing. I'm not, you know, he's not there to do circus tricks. As as, kind of, as Roy Keane was saying about Jordan Henderson, we get that, and he has made a difference when he sort of kind of you know has got the odd, odd, odd occasion. But clearly, I, I wouldn't go with Rash simply because you know disagree with Neville simply because I just don't think that he's not fit you know, in a place where he's going to be starting a game but a fully fit Rashford of course is the contender that does but he can make a difference from the bench I, I just think the more the, the the bigger issue is yeah whether it's Phone maybe back but you know personally you know because I think he he moves with the ball so well you know he carries the ball so well and I do like Phone a lot I think he would be the one for me rather than sort of changing it for Sancho for example but you know I just think I just think you know probably the likelihood is that you go the, you go the same way, but it doesn't do that very often as as we know really. But you depends know, depends on the system, I think are... as well,
0: doesn't it? It depends if if he if he looks back to the Germany games and, and thinks yeah. that you know, do I do I go back to the three four three? That you know, I mean, look, I, I thought it was Trippier and Shaw, wasn't it, in in that game yeah. uh, as as the winbacks, and, and they did such a good job on on Kimmich and Goossens, and, and you just wonder if he. If that's that's his thinking for for a game of this magnitude,
1: mm, no, it's very interesting to see. I must say, really,
0: um, yeah. The, the, the other aspect, I guess, is
1: is kind is of the two things that really strike me is r- r- the job of work that Roberto Mancini has done on Italy. I mean, now it's it's an incredible unbeaten run, isn't it? What is it, thirty three games, yeah. and it's. Um, you know, at the heart of that is Jorginho, by the way. There's no player that he likes more, trusts more, plays more than Jorginho. Uh, he, he runs the game He runs the game for him, you know, in midfield. If he's got the two in the back, Chiesa up front. This, this, this is a, I think a lot is made of Italy being, you know, a weak squad or whatever. I don't know that you can be a weak squad with so much quality. I mean, that's not to mention Verratti, for example. I mean, he's such a good player, Verratti. I mean, it's just, th- these are serious guys, aren't they? And and yes, I think Roberto Mancini has done an amazing job, but actually we shouldn't forget the quality at his disposal, really. I mean, you know, Roberto Mancini would love nothing more to come back to Wembley and, and do it, really. I mean, we've got, they're a serious threat. I mean, without doubt. I think, guys, we can agree that this is England's most formidable test so far, isn't it?
2: Yeah, for sure. Look, Italy, uh, it's strange, really, because we've been doing these podcasts throughout the tournament. And I remember when we were talking at the start of the tournament, they didn't really come into the conversation because no. although they've been unbeaten for three years, for some reason we decided to ignore them and focus on teams like, you know, France and Belgium and Portugal. So um, they've just gone along i mean they obviously benefited from being in rome didn't they in the group stages and they got that momentum going um they've got some great players i mean you were there across the other side on tuesday night and um it was such a technically a brilliant brilliant game between two great teams spain and italy and you know you they are they are they look like they are getting back to where they should be here which mm. is challenging for, for major trophies i mean they've 33 games gun beaten is an astonishing record in international football. I mean, when Mancini mm. took over, they'd not even qualified for the last World Cup. They were, they were, you know, in the gutter, really. And he's done an astonishing job. And it's, he's a good guy, Mancini. He was great value when he was at Manchester City. He obviously won that first, you know, that famous Aguero moment with City. And then I suppose he won it, his, his last memory of Wembley, obviously, was losing the FA Cup final to, um, to Wigan. Yeah. He got relegated that season, if you remember. So he got sacked two days after losing that game. So, you know, his last memories of Wembley uh, weren't that great. But um, so I want to make up for that. So it should be look. If if both teams play well, it should be a fantastic, fantastic game.
0: I think it's, it's, it's forced to this a real... Sort of siege mentality within the group as well, hasn't he? You know, reading uh, reading quotes from him this week when he's talking about you know proving people wrong, and that's when Mancini is at his best when when he feels like he's something to prove when he's backs to the wall, and 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 I, I think that's that's completely come out in in this Italian team, and and I, I just I think it's going to be such a, a close, edgy game because look, England have been uh, they've been very pragmatic to to cover up any uh, any concerns about. Our defense, you know, uh, we've played a, a lot of defensive players in every game. We've sometimes it's been six, sometimes it's been seven defensive, you know, prim- primarily defensive-minded players. And and uh, given the way uh, that, that Italy like to play football, I, I just think it's going to be it's going to be the old chess match, isn't it? You know, it's going to be so mm-hmm. tight. Uh, no, nothing's going to go. I mean, any 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 major final is always going to be a, a tight, nervy, intense affair. Um, and and it, it, it's just it's mentally who deals best with the challenge and and the one we all know that all italian sides are strong mentally but the the one hope i think that i have as a as an england fan as an englishman is is that this side doesn't have quite the same strength of mentality as perhaps Previous Italian sides has and and that's that's what I hope you know if the occasion of of having however many thousand uh, England supporters whether, whether that can you know just get on them a little bit I don't know how much it does at this level whether 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 players of this caliber are uh, are impacted too much by the atmosphere but you, you just never know at this stage if if so you know even if one of them uh, just crumbles under the heat and God let's hope they do
1: <laughs> absolutely so come on guys the final question we've been through this journey. We've been, we've been, we've watched six England games so far. We've seen the whole tournament and what a tournament. Um, it was, I mean, you know, it's just been uh, an amazing tournament. I must, I must say, Glenn Ford has been one of my highlights here. He is sort of kind of uh, posting a message here again, really. So uh, 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 really always so grateful, um, you know, to, 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 to Glenn for your, for your nice words about sort of how much you've enjoyed the podcast. Thanks so much. It's been a big thing for us as well. And um, I, I, you know, it's, it's been incredible. The other thing that struck me after the game the other night was I can't believe, you know, just this sense of disbelief and the surreal nature of it, England being in the final. I can still hardly believe that England there because, you know, covered them for so long, so many lows, really, as compared to highs, frankly. And, you know, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy in Gareth Southgate and, you know, he's, he's knitted together this squad. So having said all that... Come ten o'clock, maybe okay. Maybe it might be ten forty-five on Sunday night. Jeremy, will it be coming home?
2: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes because yeah. I'm gonna let my sort of heart rule my head. It's you're right. It's been a great sort of experience to, you know, professional experience to cover England in in, in reaching a final. Because you know, I lathered my hands up. I I've always said, I don't think I'll ever cover England in a major final. I just didn't think we were good enough to do it. So you've got to give full credit to Southgate. He's transformed that team. The way they viewed, you know, the whole thing of the England thing is just so different now to what it used to be down the years. And he's a really good bloke, Southgate, I really like mm-hmm. him. He's a top fellow, he's clearly a bright guy. You know, he's easy to get on with. He's very, you know, he's very studious and he can work things out, he's really good at that and for him I'd love, I'd love it for him for, for him to win it you know well we're all English we all want to see him win but he deserves it actually um, I think Italy are a better team if I'm being honest so that's mm. why I'm letting my heart rule my head but it would to see them win a trophy would be it would be mega good it would be up there with well it'd probably be the greatest thing you'll ever cover as a, as a sports journalist so I'm going 1-0 England
1: right it. Harry Kane presumably. Harry Kane presumably. Tom, come on! What, what are you going?
0: What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, about? I'm. 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 I'm going to go. I'm going to go two-one Italy after extra time. Um, and and that's that's the head. Of that. I, no, I know, I know that the heart, the the heart, really seriously wants England to win. I, I, I Look, look, I have to say, look, I'm not going to hide my age. I'm 44. I'm used to England losing. I don't expect you don't England to look at them. You don't. as very kind of me because the makeup. I don't expect England to 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 win big games because I don't think people of my generation and older and and until you obviously get to that certain point who remember 1966. It's just been it, it's just been so hard for for so many years that I think we're almost um, you just you just I, I just this idea that they may be. European champions or may one day be world champions it just mm. seems so strange to me so I, I, I'm I'm going to try and not get too carried away and I, I do think in, uh, Italy may just have too much technically for us but I hope I seriously hope that the boys prove me wrong and and I, I and would I be surprised if England won 2-1 100% not but uh, just to be different to Crossy I'm going to go with Italy Crossy oh, yeah well, yeah, I was thinking you might ask me that. No, I've got to go with England,
1: have not I? Got to go with England. And I just think it's going to be one You don't have to. No, you can't come this far and think that, you know, <laughs> I I do have a worry about Italy because I think they're ever such a good team. And I think basically I think we've we've kidded ourselves for a few uh, months now building up to this tournament. They're eleven to one going into the tournament with the bookies. Eleven to Italy, Italy, the four-time you know World Cup winners. Basically, yes, they've only won it once. You know the, the the Euros, and that was in a different format. And it's like, well, I got some serious players here. You know, the goalkeeper is brilliant. The two centre halves, the midfield. <laughs> Yeah, he's,
0: I and mean, it's, it's you know, it's the job they did on Spain as well, isn't it? The well, job they yeah, did on thank, Spain. You know, Spain, Spain played so so well on on Tuesday, and and yeah. Italy still found a way to beat them. And that's my nagging thought that's that true. even if England are the better side, it's just that that little bit of what we talked about earlier that little bit of Killini, Bonucci know how, and the other mm-hmm. you know those other experienced players, the Veratti. So what, what I
2: would say, you're right. They, they found a way to win, and it and it was a tight game. But in the second half, Spain created enough chances to win that game. Yeah, that's true. The yeah. problem yeah. is they had, they had, they had Alvaro Morata on the end of most of the chances. That was the issue. <laughs> if Carrie Kane had been Spanish and playing on Tuesday night, they'd have won 3-1, Spain. Yeah, yeah good
1: point. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, yeah,
2: it's a so tight They can, it's a they can tight be goal. got at. You know, they can be got at.
1: Yeah, Yeah. they really do.
2: Are you going really to go, that. what, 3-0 England, Crossy? <laughs>
1: Well, obviously, You're no, no, I'm going to go England 1-0. 1-0. I'm going to go England 1-0, England 1-0, England 1-0, Harry Kane, obviously. So, you know, so that'll be fine, that'll be fine.
2: But, guys, thanks do. so
1: much for joining. I really appreciate it, and nice, nice to see you, and I look forward to seeing you at Wembley on Sunday. So i yeah, kind of well. see you there. And, gu- and thanks everyone, obviously, for tuning in. So uh, it's been really, really great, and enjoyed your, enjoyed your company, enjoyed the, uh, you know, the reg- regular commenters really uh, um, you know always look at your comments thanks so much indeed and um, yeah let's hope we've got something to celebrate and uh, we do get an impromptu bank holiday Monday wouldn't that be nice um, and uh, yeah let's hope we can celebrate thanks so much for joining appreciate it have a good weekend.